Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Thank you for joining us on CCO's Car Care Show. Denny Long here with Dan Burns from Lloyd's Automotive on beautiful Grand Avenue in St. Paul. Dan, I could say good morning. I'll do that right now. Nice to see you again. Good morning. Yeah, nice drive in. It It wasn't a far drive. What a beautiful morning. It really is. 64 is an official temp. No, officially no parking downtown Minneapolis. Can you believe it? Morning, it's. Uh, I mean, we know we all heard of construction, and it's everywhere. What are they doing? I mean, the, I, whole, I, the whole town's tore up. They're digging up the streets, yeah. and then they put concrete in the those different particular parts. Huh. And they dig it up, put concrete in, then they have to let it cure. So they're doing something underground. Yes. Yeah. But in the meantime, uh, there's a lot of blockades, a lot of streets closed. It's one of those you can't get there from here. Yeah, a lot of parking spots missing. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So it's a little iffy. Yeah. So let's hope they finish quite quickly. 651-989-9226. If you have any kind of a vehicle problem and you will have to bring it in or want to bring it in, your favorite dealer, your favorite shop, uh, you're going to be armed with a little more uh, information than maybe you didn't have. That's what Dan's been doing here on CCO for many, many years, over 20 uh, call us or send down a text, 81807. We're already getting both of those. But don't wait. If you do want to ask Dan the, the question, he's going to be here till about 745 when Jack Farrell steps in. So call us or text us, and we'll uh, we'll be glad to help you out. Now, this came in earlier, Dan, and you and I were talking about this. Uh, and we've talked about this. You have. In fact, my son Tony said, doesn't Dan recommend using, you know, even if you don't use a, a, a key for your automobile, you have this fob and right. the push button and all that. Uh, the texter says, my key fob went through the washer and dryer. Is there any way to fix it? Well, pro- no, it's dried. So that's probably... Yeah. It's a start. <laughs> well, like your cell phone, I mean, the best thing that you can do is take it apart and lay it out, let it dry and yeah. hope for the best. But no, that water's does it does not mix well hmm. with water, and that's actually kind of an interesting thing with cars nowadays. As you know, with your new cars, yeah, they apparently don't even have a key. I mean, it's just a fob that you have to have in your pocket, and then you push the button to start the vehicle. And uh, people come in and say, "Well, what do I do if my battery goes dead?" For example, on my key fob, and uh, will the car still start? And actually, it will. The cars are the car is designed so that while the key fob itself is a transmitter, it can also work as a receiver if you hold it right up to the button. Oh, interesting! So if you if the battery on your fob is dead, or for example, if it goes through the wash, which yeah. of course <laughs> would kill the battery right yeah. away, uh, if that most cars are designed that the button that you push in the car that will then become the reader of the key fob Interesting. if you hold it right up to it. So that's just something. There's you still should, a way to start the car. Something you should know. Uh, but that's a, that's a good point because if the key fob fails, which, you know, you you don't think of a, of a mechanical key as ever failing, 
But if the electronic key fob fails, you're stuck. You're stuck doing that. (laughs) In fact, yesterday we were uh, opening the trunk. Tony and I were putting something in the trunk of my car. And the key, the the, the key hole, the slot, is not, you know, like other cars always had it right there in the middle of the trunk. This was underneath the lip. Yeah, and obviously it. it hasn't been used probably ever because there was like grease around it yeah. and road grime or whatever. Well, you know, you don't know that, that you even have a key in your key fob, but most cars also do have a mechanical key. You push a button and slide it out. And slide it out. And you should, we've talked about this before, you should do that once in a while. Take the key out of your fob, put it in all the door locks, and there's probably only probably only one in the driver's door and one in the trunk. A, a lid, but work but it. But try using it. Yeah, turn it both directions and get it in there and work it. And and that's good, you know, good idea to move that once in a while, so that if ever you do need it, it will move. Yeah. All right. Um, that's one. I want, we're going to get to the phones here, but I, I don't want to lose track of more of these textures because it suddenly gets off the screen. Uh, Ninety-five caddy SLS stumbles at take. I imagine at takeoff. Then okay at higher speed. Yeah, that you know that's very common on those. Actually, they is it? it they, it's probably a misfire that they're feeling. I actually had a, a General Motors product myself, and you know at the time I kept feeling this, and I thought I actually thought it was a transmission problem mm. that I was starting to have. But uh, but as it turned out, uh, you know I put some equipment on it and figured it out, and it was actually a misfire that I was feeling. And misfires are most apparent when you're accelerating. That's when you have a load on the vehicle and that's when the misfire will show up. So that's why you feel it then. And at high speeds, there's not much demand on the secondary ignition. So it holds up and it'll do just fine. Oh, but, okay. But it basically needs a good old-fashioned tune-up. Tune-up. It needs, yeah, it needs spark plugs and wires and right. perhaps a little bit of coil work. But, uh, but yeah, that's a misfire will take care of it. Let's go back to the phones. Chris in Buffalo was first up here. Go ahead, Chris. Dan's listening. Hi. Good morning. Um, I've got a 2010 Dodge Grand Caravan, and it sounds like the lifters, a lot of clicking, and I've been told that lifters are going out on it, mm-hmm. and that could be pretty expensive to fix. Um, I don't know if I want to spend that much money on uh, a car that's maybe the only book value of five, mm-hmm. $6,000. Is this lifters? Is that a big job? Is it something important to do? Can I drive it with the clicking? They did add an additive at the oil change that kind of quieted it down a little bit, but it still seems to be clicking a little louder today. Yeah, you know, the lifters are hydraulic, and probably one or more of them have failed, and I think it probably is worth fixing and makes sense to fix it because, uh, it you know, it's not good that, that – where, where the, the clicking is happening, there's a gap, and if you're hearing the clicking, that means that there's some wear that's happening. So uh, if you just ignore it, I'm afraid it's going to just get worse. And if the vehicle is worth saving, then it's probably worth investing in. And, and you know, it, you hate to put $1,000 into a $5,000 vehicle, but on the other hand, $1,000 towards a a different vehicle does not go very far. No. <laughs> so <laughs> sure. when you kind of put it into perspective, that's makes our business pretty easy when, when comparing whether people want to uh, pay the price for a repair or not, because usually it makes pretty good sense. Yeah. It's, it's be- a better deal than, than going out and trying to find a, a used car or a, or a new car. 
Especially if you like the vehicle. Yeah, if you like the vehicle and it works. And I, I find as I get older, I don't really like getting a new car. I kind of like the old one where I know where all the <laughs> buttons are and all the cup holders and everything. So. You've got a nice hoist there, too, to work on. Yeah, I can keep it fixed up. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Let's go back to the phones. Uh, let's see. Who is next? John is calling from Bloomington, I believe. Go ahead, John. Dan's listening. Hi. Good morning, gentlemen. Morning. I have a 2016 uh, Toyota, and it has the... Uh, digital readout for the air conditioning so you dial in a number and then depending on what number you put in it, the the fan will blow harder or lower and, and it will increase the cold air or whatever my question is, is if you drove around with a higher number like at 76 degrees is the air compressor or condenser working less harder than if you had it set at 68 degrees it, it is working less, um, but there's not much good reason to do that. It's it's designed for that. You know, you're not going to save the life of the compressor by using it less. So, And, and in fact, uh, my opinion on co- pretty much on cars altogether is use them. That, you know, the, a car that sits and is not used or a component that sits and not, is not used is not good for a car. It needs to be used. So... You know, feel free to use it. Probably the the one good thing about the compressor not running is you get a little better gas mileage, yeah. for sure. But uh, but as far as using it or not, go ahead and use it. That's what it's made for. And and it's the, an air conditioning compressor is kind of like a small engine, and it has oil uh, in there to lubricate all of the stuff on the inside of the air conditioning system, and that needs to be circulated. So it so needs it. to be used. Yeah. All right. Then we have to take a quick break. We have callers. We have textures. We'll get back to them in uh, just a moment. And good morning. Welcome back to CCO's Car Care Show. Denny Long here with Dan Burns from Lloyd's Automotive, located exactly where? On we Grand. are at 982 Grand Avenue, which is right between Lexington and Victoria. Tell you what, if, if you want to get some attention, yes. hire a drone. We This... this uh, this week we're redoing our website a little bit, and one of the shots they wanted to have was a picture of our facility from a drone. And oh. so the camera was out there flying around, and of course, the whole world gets curious when they see something like that going on uh, around the neighborhood. So that's so, going to be on your website? Yeah, it's going to be on our website. I, right. I didn't look. I don't know if it is there yet, but uh, but I'm excited to see it. All so, right. Anyway, and our website is lloydsautomotive.net, L-L-O-Y-D-S, lloydsautomotive.net. Or uh, you can also get a hold of us by giving us a call this morning at 651-228-1316. Very good. Let's go back to the phones, then we'll grab some text messages. Jerry in Maple Grove has been waiting. Thank you, Jerry. Yes, good morning. Morning. I've got a 2013 Ford F-150. It was wet out when I parked it in the garage, and it was parked without moving for 27 days. When I... uh, Started it up, put it in reverse. It did not move. It's, it seemed to be bound up. I checked for block wheels, nothing. I stepped hard on the gas, and it seemed to break loose with a loud pop. Were the brakes simply rusted tight, or did I break something? Or? No, yeah, you're, you're exactly right. That's what happened is there's metallic in the brake pads, and, of course, the brake rotors are metal, and uh, I've seen that actually many times on cars. Uh, they've people have had cars towed in for that reason that they uh, they wouldn't go because the uh, pads were 
rusted to the rotors. Now, bear in mind that's not good for the pads or the rotors, and you might feel some pulsation from those rotors for for a little while or forever uh, because of that happening. You know, they, they, that's there's going to certainly going to be a mark left there where they where they were rusted together. But that's exactly what happened. You finally gave it enough power for it to break loose, and it did. And uh, you know, the the repair for that rust spot is to just use the brakes. That's the best thing that you can do. They'll, they'll uh, rub against each other and clean the rust off. But, uh, but that's what happened, yeah. Okay. Thank you, Jerry. Texter says they have a 2011 Camry. AC operates fine for one hour, then stops working. Checked, is full of refrigerant with no codes. After driving about an hour, the AC starts working again, continues to work. Could it be the AC relay? It could be, uh, you know, the, the AC relay is is part of it, but there's a whole bunch of other controls that uh, control pressures, and if the pressures get high or low uh, for some reason, either accurately or falsely, uh, it'll disable the air conditioning system to protect itself. Another thing that we see that will cause the air conditioning to come and go like that is if the air conditioning condenser, which is up by the radiator, if that condenser gets clogged with debris, it won't cool properly. And that condenser needs to keep cool or the pressures get too high. And if the pressures get high, the air conditioning system will shut off. So oh, okay. If you brought it in and had some somebody check on that, it would be a pretty easy check. If you want to just clean that uh, air conditioning uh, or, uh, con- com- condenser. 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 <laughs> All these words are so yes. similar, and I get uh, my. It's like my grandkids. I have to go through three kids before if I get, get to, to the, the right, right name. name. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, uh, if you clean that condenser, it can make a difference. And and actually, that's one of if when the air conditioning is is like if in your driveway, if it runs for a while and then stops, uh, just take the garden hose and cool off that condenser with the garden hose. Mm. And if it's a problem, uh, that'll cool it off and turn it back on. All right. Hang on, Dan. Quick break. We'll be back with more phone calls and text messages on CCO's Car Care Show. Good morning. Welcome back to CCO's Car Care Show. Danny Long here with Dan Burns from Lloyd's Automotive. And uh, coming up in a few minutes, Jack Farrell's Wine Chat. In the meantime, Dan, let's help out some folks on the line and on the uh, text screen. Bill and Henriette is first up here. Bill, good morning. What is your question for Dan? Hi, good morning, Danny. Dan, i um, got a 2014 Focus and... Um about a week ago, um, uh, the um, county roads near my home, they were doing some work on it, and I high-centered it. I was actually able to get it unstuck, but it ripped off the cowling that, that protects the, um, the undercarriage in the front. And now, when I, when I accelerate, I'm getting a growling sound in the front end that I never had before this happened. Yeah, I wonder I wonder if something got pushed up into the drive axle or something like that, or, or even part of that cowling is pushed up there rubbing. Hopefully it's something simple like that. The good news is you're not seeing a bunch of fluids run yeah, out of it. Because right. <laughs> it, it could be that, that, uh, that like that. But uh, unfortunately, you're going to be bummed out when you go to get a price on replacing all that plastic stuff underneath the car. It's, really? It, yeah, it gets pretty pricey. And the clips and all the 
hardware that goes goes with it. We have to do it quite often in the winter time when people run into a snowbank and, oh, yeah. and tear it off. But uh, but at that time, uh, when they have it up on the hoist, they'll look around and find something. Oftentimes, most oftentimes, it's something very simple and no big deal. Like I say, something just got pushed up in there and is rubbing oh, yeah. uh, while you're driving. But uh, but you should get that checked. Uh, good news is it's fluid's not running out of it, but uh, but you should get it checked and see what got bent and is in the way and rubbing now. Very good, Bill. Thank you. Todd is calling from Champlin. Then we'll get some text messages. Hi, Todd. Good morning. Hey, good morning, guys. How are you? On the, uh, something I don't see very often anymore over the years is the antifreeze interval flushing, if it's still a practice. I know on the heavy equipment line, they used to do it quite often and check the DCA levels and et cetera, et cetera. But I'm just curious on, you know, like the automotive manufacturer's recommendations for that and if it's necessary to go ahead and flush the antifreeze to, say, like 80 or 100,000. And then part two of the question is on the transmission as well. This particular vehicle I have is sealed transmission. They don't recommend it at all according to the manufacturer's specifications in the book. I'm just wondering if it's a practical purpose to do both. I mean, my my old philosophy was at a hundred thousand, eighty thousand on on most of the vehicles, eighty to a hundred, and it was it was fine. But that's it. I just was wondering what the what the verdict is on that. You know, um, I'm going to stick with my old answer. Do what the manufacturer recommends because they built it, they designed it, they engineered it, and they are smarter than I am, or at least a few of them. <laughs> <laughs> Together, they're smarter than me. Not, not maybe not individually, but uh, but uh, uh, so I would do what they recommend. If they don't recommend changing it, it's for a reason. It's not necessary. Uh, sometimes changing it can do more harm than good, uh, depending upon who does it and how it's done and what fluid gets gets put back in. Uh, and so, uh, like with coolant um, antifreeze, <clears throat> if if any kind of Work gets done if the timing belt gets replaced, if the water pump gets replaced. I mean, it gets done quite frequently on a car anyway. And uh, again, very important to put back the correct fluid uh, when you do do that. But but I'm going to stick with the the answer that uh, I think you should do what the manufacturer recommends. And I also just in in the in our industry we get you know all sorts of information, and I don't have never come up with a reason to do it more frequently than the oh, manufacturer yeah. recommends. It's not like it like like everyone says, well, you should do this because if you don't do it, it you know, it hurts the longevity of the vehicle. I have not found any information that supports that. Oh, so okay. until I do, I would probably stick with what the manufacturer recommends. All right, Dan, we have a couple of minutes to go. Uh, thank you, Todd. We've got some textures. Let's help out. Uh, 2011 Buick Enclave, 200,000 miles on it. As amazing as it seems, Texter says, I've never had a tune-up on the car. I do notice it does not run as smoothly as it used to. For a car this age and such high mileage, would it pay to get a complete tune-up? I, I think, well... There again. <laughs> yes. It should have been done long ago, and uh, as the manufacturer would recommend, and I guess it probably still should be done, although I'm hesitant to give that advice because... On an old car, problems can happen. If the spark plugs have never been removed in 200,000 miles, uh, you need to be careful taking them out. So first of all, warn whoever it is that does the repair for you that, that this is the case and ask them to be careful so that they don't create a problem that didn't exist before. 
But at any rate, no, those parts are are well worn out and should be replaced. All right. 2014 Buick Verano. All tires have the correct tire PSI when checked. The digital display inside the car shows one tire with two PSI lower. Could the problem be with the tire sensor? Yes, it, it is with the problem oh, sensor, okay. and I probably wouldn't worry about it. <laughs> I would, if you're using a good digital uh, gauge and you're sure that it's exactly, you know, that the four tires are exactly the same. Um, and one of them is reading different, then it, it is what it is. It's just not reading accurately. And uh, if it's not causing it causing the light to turn on, and I'm sure it won't, then, you know, the warning light, yeah. then, I, then I think that uh, I would just drive it that Don't way. It'll be fine. It. Just about out of time, Dan. This is what we'll do. I'll uh, print out these text messages, and like we've done in the past, let's, uh, let's uh, open the show next week. That's I think we only had about two or three or so we didn't get to. Sounds so good. Let's do that. In the meantime, if you want to get in touch with – now, the, 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 the tip of the day is to take the key out of your fob container and try the doors in the trunk. You know, the tip, starting with, you should figure out how to get the key out of your fob. <laughs> first that, thing first. That's yeah. oftentimes a, pro, a process itself. Get the key out of your fob and then put it in all the doors and trunks and, and try it. And how do we get in touch with you guys at Lloyd's? Uh, come on over. We are at 982 Grand Avenue in St. Paul. You can find us on the web at lloydsautomotive.net, L-L-O-I-D-S, lloydsautomotive.net, or give us a call, right. 651-228-1316. Come back one week from today. Yes, sir. I'll be right. here. Thank you, Dan. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. 